We're going to spend the next 10, 25 years together. You know, you don't just change accountants every week. If we're going to spend that much time together, where are we going? Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. And I'm Cashflow Mike. Now, is that your legal name, Mike? Sure, why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> No, my name is Mike Milan. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Mike. Uh, we're here at uh, Accountech USA. We are day two, um, doing a lot of interviews here. Yeah. So I think with your name, we should talk to you about Cashflow and small it businesses. It seems appropriate. It seems appropriate. But for a jump in, like, why are you qualified to talk about Cashflow? Well, I, I can tell you, I've dedicated my life to it, right? I believe that that's the way that businesses stay in business. You know, I've built 12 companies, so if anybody's had cash flow problems or seen cash flow success, I think it's me. And I, I've heard these stats, uh, like every year, there's a stat that like Intuit or Zero talks about how like 80% of businesses or something crash due to cash flow problems. It's like, that's the main reason they fail. Is that, is that right? It is, it's 82%. Yeah. You know, blame cash flow in one way or another uh, as the reason that they failed. What's interesting is that 50,000 businesses filed bankruptcy, 35% of those have net profit. Really? So think about that. That's a cash flow problem. Right. Wow. So they're profitable. They just can't keep the cash moving and they have to shut yeah, down. Exactly. So who are you talking to mostly? Are you talking to accountants? Are you talking to business people, business owners? Like who? who? Banks. Like who do you talk to? Yeah. College well, students I mean, you, you teach well, right? As well? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, well, ultimately it's a small business owner, right? It's a, it's a guy that's out there actually, you know, trying to live his dream, trying to build what I call is a lifestyle friendly business. And in order to do that, I'm talking to the people that actually deal with small business owners. Mm -hmm. I teach bankers, right? A course that we call relationship banking, which is more or less teaching bankers how to communicate with that small business owner. Mm. I work with accountants, same thing. It's the same practice. You got to realize that those three people, the small business owner, the accountant, and the banker are all on a pedestal together, right? And it's not the trusted advisor in my world. It's a necessary advisor. That's what I want them to become, you know, mm. that necessary part of their life, right? It's a necessary advisor. Uh, and, and you mentioned college courses. Yeah, I'm on the faculty at uh, the Graduate School of Banking at LSU. Uh, I've taught at the Graduate School of Banking at Colorado uh, and the Pacific Coast Banking School up in Washington. So a uh, little bit there, but it's all about banking. So one thing I think in my hallway conversations with you, Mike, is you talked about how all aspects of the business are related to cash flow. It's not like, oh, there's a tool and you report out the future cash flow, like, Every part of the business is going to affect cash flow. Every decision, you know, it depends on how you look at it. So every decision that you make has an impact on cash, right? And, it's, and again, most people get focused on the profit, but that's just the result, right? What, what I always say is that if you want to know what the future holds, you got to bring it to the present. That's why we do forecasting. That's why we do budgeting, uh, is to be able to bring that to the present and see how your decisions today will impact tomorrow's cash flow. It doesn't matter. If, if I'm sitting here right now, there's an opportunity cost in cash flow. I actually had to pay to come here to be with you guys. Yeah. Right? To yeah. be interviewed on this. <laughs> Thank you. For, <laughs> to, be clear you're, to be clear, you're not paying us. So. <laughs> <laughs> not paying you. That's right. <laughs> so I'm a CPA. I'm an accountant. I'm a bookkeeper. Um, and I want to get into helping my clients in a more proactive way, right? Not just doing the compliance I like cash flow as a great starting point for advisory mm -hmm. because you know what's that's the that's the thing that needs to be monitored probably on a like daily weekly basis right so how do I uh, like if I've never done it before like how do I go about building that as like part of my practice what I'm what I'm doing for customers yeah that's a great question and I tell you this whole industry accounting has been transforming since I came in and I used to be you know part of Finograph which is a cash flow company mm -hmm. uh, app based company. 
And basically what I've learned is that there is that transition. People are trying to get into it. How do I start? Yeah. And I'm going to say there's a new kind of advisor, a new kind of accountant that's out there. And it starts with you, right? All of you, every accountant, every bookkeeper has a story, right? And that story is I'm working with other clients. I have my own life experiences. And you start there. You've seen things happen in your other clients' businesses mm -hmm. that you can translate to somebody else. If you don't know the concepts, if you don't know the math, don't worry about it. You've got life experiences. And that's the new advisor in my mind is the one that can translate and tell their own story. If you're trying to advise a client, even if you haven't looked at their numbers yet, you can be like, hey, here's something that I have a client do. For example, people with uh, payroll taxes, like keeping those in a separate bank account. So when it's time to pay those, like it's, it's just a tool that you can implement. And this is going to help you not get a surprise at the end of the tax season, right? And have to shell out a big old check, which you don't have the cash flow for. And so like, you don't even have to look at somebody's numbers and you can still provide them advice regarding their cash flow. Absolutely. You know, and I built, shameless plug for me, but you know, a clear path to cash, which is just a blueprint. And it starts with, it's eight steps and it starts with, start with the end in mind. So if I'm the advisor, if I was an advisor right now, a bookkeeper or an accountant, I'd say, hey, listen, David, we're going to spend the next 10, 25 years together, right? I mean, that's the way I look at our relationship. You know, you don't just change accountants every week. We're going to spend, where are we going? If we're going to spend that much time together, where are we going? Right? And try to figure out what their transferable value number is. Now, you might not have heard that term. That's one that I use in banking. But transferable value is when you get done with this, how much money does it take you to do whatever it is you want to do next? You know, and there's some calculations I had to get there, but that's where I would start. Is so that's the I want to live on a beach and fish or something. I'm yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to sit on the deck. Uh, I want to travel the world, whatever it is. But, so how, what is this? Uh, what, do you have a method? Like how do you how do you how do you actually deliver this service, or how do I deliver this service as an accountant? Well, I mean, again, I've got just a strategy a blueprint, but where, where I'd start with is let's start with the transferable value number. Okay. And then every day, I mean, so let me, flow, make, I want to make sure I understand that. Sure. So that's like the number. I want out to get out of my business at the end of it or at the end of it and, okay. and, and without relying on the sale of your business I want that to be gravy okay right? so what I want you to do is you know is take what we're doing today and make your profit your transferable value number a planned event which means every month we're working towards that goal even if that goal is 20 years from now mm -hmm. because we're not gonna be surprised we're not gonna wait till we're 65 and we sell the company and we look at the check and the check isn't enough and all of a sudden you've got to go get a job right my job as an advisor is to keep you in business and make sure that you have your dream fulfilled at the end. So you're fulfilling dreams. If I'm hearing you correctly, so instead of just cash flow forecasting enough to like, hey, I need to click on this AR, I got these AP transactions I have to do, I need to make payroll, and the kind of the really like the day-to-day -day business functions, like you're like stepping back and saying, hey, look at you need to include the money you're taking out of the business as part of the long-term cash flow and you need to be including that and then work everything off of that backwards. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you, you have to, it's a planned event at the end. I'm going to start here with what I need and then again, work through the balance sheet or the income statement back. What's interesting about that is that, you know, you've talked about all the transactions. That's where I say that everything you do impacts cash flow. And there's thousands of these transactions that happen every day, week, month. And what I'm saying is before you get to the transactions, know why you're making the transaction. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Right Networks. In a perfect world, everyone would have 100% of their clients on a cloud-based accounting system using cloud-based apps. But the world isn't perfect and clients have a wide range of needs. And for some, this means using desktop-based software. That's where Right Networks comes in. 
Right Networks is your 100% accounting-focused desktop in the cloud that also includes an ecosystem of over 250 connected apps. As you and your clients take the journey to the cloud, Right Networks will be at your side, innovating the best ways to leverage the true cloud future by investing heavily in cloud apps like Transaction Pro and Autofy. They've created an always-on environment that supports 24-7 data transfer. Right Networks also offers no scheduled downtime for maintenance or application updates and meets the industry's highest security standards. To join the more than 50,000 firms that use Right Networks daily with their clients, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash rncloud. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash rncloud. And be sure to visit the Right Networks booth in San Jose at QuickBooks Connect 2019. It's interesting. We did an interview. Um, we haven't released it yet at um, the accounting show LA, and it was it was about um, selling your firm. And ultimately, it's kind of the same thought process you're saying, which is when you make the plan to sell your firm on day one when you start your business. Yeah. And it's very it really aligns well with the kind of the vibe you're kind of putting out here on this. You know, it's funny is I just I just wrote a blog and posted it yesterday on run your business like you're going to sell it. Right, because what's the first thing you do if you're going to sell your house or sell your car? What's the first thing you do? Vacuum it and paint it. And yeah, you clean it up, and all of a sudden you got a nice place, right? <laughs> you're like going, whoever buys this house is going to have a nice house or have a nice car. So why not do that to your business? Have it show ready all the time because you're going to get the benefit of the cash that's coming off of it. It's going to be operating healthily, you know, or, or very profitably and efficiently. Get that because people will pay you more in the end for something that works right. The value will go up. If they come in and they see that you're running around and you have all these problems, nobody's going to buy your problems for premium dollars, right? So run your business like you're going to sell it. That's why I say. What are some of the like cash flow mistakes you've seen, like nightmare stories? Uh, <laughs> I mean, besides like, okay, I filed bankruptcy, but like, or, or have you seen like some crazy hacks or workarounds people have done just to make cash flow work for them? No, no, I want to hear the dis- disasters. Okay. Yeah, disasters. I'm sure people do creative. I'm sure people do very creative things. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, checks. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the floating checks. I mean, I've seen a guy buy a business with credit cards that he just took out the credit card to get the cash advance and gave the cash advance over. I mean, think about, I mean, he bought a $350,000 business on credit cards he applied for all at once. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. I mean, you, you I mean, isn't it? <laughs> you almost buy a house on points. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's very expensive. It, very expensive, right? You're talking 20-some percent interest. I mean, there's other ways to finance your business outside of taking a, a big collection of credit cards mm-hmm. uh, to do it. So uh, that's the biggest. And he lasted almost nine months in business before he couldn't keep up with the payments. Uh, so, I mean, that's the biggest disaster because he, he actually bought a restaurant, put the money into the restaurant, mm-hmm. had no operating capital because he financed the whole thing on cash advances and then couldn't keep it open. Okay. So, so maybe that's an extreme example. What is a, a disaster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now, now like, uh, let's, let's, what are some, um, what, what did you say, David? Like common, uh, well, I, I think best like, practices or yeah, but I mean, best practices or how to not create these yeah. situations. Cause I think people get caught off guard, right. Or they, they have to collect, they don't have cash, like not making payroll. Right, is probably, and I've I've heard about that. Like, you're not a real business owner until like you can't make payroll once. Like, that's when you really now you're truly a business owner. Like, you have to make payroll. You got to figure out how to pay your employees, right? right. And that's when it, that's when things get real, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, exactly. The way I teach that, it's all about timing, right? You can make your profit and loss statement, and you see how the revenue's coming in and how it should look at the end. But I mean, let's face it, that's not the timing of dollars. And I blame it on there's two types of accounting, right? Cash based, and what's the other one? 
Accrual. Accrual. Yeah, I call it cruel accounting. Accrual. It's very cool because I think I have money, but I really don't. Right. <laughs> so, so it's a cruel accounting. And, and that's what it is. It's being able to look at the money as it comes in, in addition to how you expect it to be spent, you know, inflows and outflows. There's two parts to it. Most people will do the first part, will miss the second part, and not understand the timing of payments. So what um, are there easy tools? Like, like, what's a small business owner supposed to do? Because everybody says this, like, oh, cash flow. Watch your cash flow. Yeah. But like, like, what do they have to do? I think it's as simple. I mean, of course, there's lots of apps that are out there uh, that they can use. But you might be in a position where you're like, hey, I, I don't have a, a counting system that works with an app. It's as simple as just keeping track of what, what's coming in and what's going out and the timing of when that's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. you'll start to see things. Even in, I, I used to own three restaurants, right? You don't have AR in the restaurants, but you have a daily sales, right? So I would keep just keep track on an Excel spreadsheet. What comes in on Monday, what comes in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I would do that by week. And I would leave notes to myself out on the end. Hey, this was Mother's Day. That's why your Sunday was so great. You know, so it was just notes on why things happen. But when I started graphing those numbers, I saw a pattern develop through the year. Every year I knew that, you know, uh, you know right around St. Patrick's Day was one of my best months. The weather was turning in St. Louis to, to the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were starting to get out. Uh, and I had better months in March than I did, we'll say, in July because it was too hot. People didn't want to be, you know, in, in the restaurant or out there. They wanted to be at the lake. So just keeping track of what you're doing mm-hmm. is the first basic step to understanding what's happening in your own business. Right. And that sounds like you're saying timing is a lot, very important. So if you see that pattern, if you're going to give your employees a bonus, maybe you don't do it at Christmas. Maybe you do it in March when you know the revenue is going to be there and the timing's right. Perfect. I mean, I mean, and you'll be able to see that seasonality. And what I like about it is if you start managing your cash balances that way, you'll start to see it happen where you're like, oh, my God, I'm going into a three-month low period, right? I don't sell as many swimsuits in November, December, and January, you know, if I'm a swimsuit shot person. So maybe I should keep back some cash in September, October to be able to make my fixed expenses through that. So you'll be able to see that and react. You know, uh, I, I was reading a book today. It's actually by the Dry Run CEO. Um, pandemic cash flow. Pandemic mm-hmm. cash flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And he makes a statement. I'm like going, nobody could say that more perfectly, right? And I'm going to steal it from him. Blaine, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, it, it's what he says is it's the difference between walking out into the street and not seeing the bus. Or you see the bus coming and you got time to react. you got mm-hmm. options, yeah, right? You yeah. just walk out and get hit by the bus, which is not paying attention to cash flow at all, versus seeing it's coming down the block and I've got options. I can cross. I can stay put. What you're doing by looking at it and looking ahead is actually giving yourself time and options. And that's what it takes to satisfy most cash flow problems. But ironically, cash flow is often a problem in an accounting firm, right? CPAs, I'm guilty of this. I'm the last. I do my books last, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, how can I make sure that I'm managing my cash flow better? Well, you should already have, we'll say, a blueprint for how you're going to advise your clients. Mm-hmm. Make that part of, you know, you put yourself right into the program. Right. I mean, if you believe in it and you believe mm-hmm. that what you're saying to your clients really helps them and helps them make more money and have more time and build that lifestyle friendly business, then why aren't you doing it? So what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? You know, like, how do I make payroll? How do you make payroll? Yeah. OK, well, that's yeah. good because you're going to encounter the exact same issues they are. If you're going to give them advice on the timing of their collections, they've got people that are paying late. Yeah. They've got maybe too much inventory, which you won't have that problem. But you probably have more of a collections problem than anything. But you're also making purchasing decisions. That could either be held off on, you can mm-hmm. scale back. And here's an expense control rule. And that's, that's what you really have to do is exercise discipline and expense control. Here's the rule. The change in gross profit should match the change in operating expense. So if I have less gross profit, which is money to spend, mm-hmm. I should spend less money. 
Right. Right. And, and it should be equal dollars. And that's one quick rule that you can say, okay, well, I'm down $100,000 in gross profit. I need to cut expenses by 100000 That's That's the quickest, easiest way to get expenses back in line. Challenges, of course, we got most of our uh, employees are fixed costs <laughs> in accounting firms. Although, although you can change that with with outsourcing. I, mean, I think with like accounting firms, like now, them going to that, that fixed fee or getting paid up front, like is going to help. Yeah. Like they've they've shifted that instead of an accountant giving services well, and then collecting maybe ninety days later, you're getting the cash before you even provide the service yeah. now. Well, and and I can't believe there are firms that you know. I mean. Actually, most firms operate this way, so I shouldn't say I can't believe it. But uh, you know, tracking your time, billing at the end of the month, waiting 30 to 60 days to get paid, uh, when the alternative is bill on the first of the month for that month, because you're operating on either a retainer or a fixed fee. Yeah. Uh, okay. Engagement, like that's what I did, and so all of my cash would come in on like the third day of the month, and I had that cash to pay all of my employees and contractors mm-hmm. throughout the month. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, my customers were financing my business, not the other way around. That's right. That's and the way it should be. And I think I've talked to some accountants that are doing their, their, their billing their clients on fixed fee. But what they've done is they set their clients up on every two weeks because it helps the cash flow f- situation for the clients. Yeah. As well, well, now you could do it every week if you wanted to. It's like uh, with the automated billing systems. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you can set it up for any recurring. Which helps st- stabilize the expenses for their small business client. Yeah. Right. You brought up an interesting uh, you know, labor problem, though. Yeah. You know, especially if you have fixed costs in your labor pool. I used to have a hotel staffing company. Right? And, it, and what we used was a labor utilization rate. You know, mm-hmm. Anytime somebody's individual utilization, which means you're doing more non-billable time versus mm-hmm. billable time, dropped below 75%, I started thinking I was overstaffed. Yeah. That's how we decided, you know, as a whole, I wanted everyone working at least 75% billable versus yeah. unbillable. Yeah. And that's one of those, I think that's one of those metrics that if you're accounting from the inventories, your time, right, you, tra- you track that very carefully, or you should be. Anyway. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Once I solve my cash flow problems, right, is this something that, like, once I get, I have my processes in place, let's say, is it kind of set and forget it, or do I need to be revisiting this constantly? I think it's an exercise in discipline. Even successful companies, right? I, I mean, look at it. Um, you know, in 1985, Home Depot, which I think we all think is successful, was 21 days from death, right? So, it's the cash you, flow be, because of cash flow, yeah. right? And because what they were doing is they were trying to do the growth model that Walmart had done, which is a lot of build, 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 uh, and cash flow just outran. You know, and you can be so successful that you can do something that I call grow broke. Right? So it isn't just that, you, you know, I had a problem and I was being unsuccessful and I didn't have enough money coming in to match. Sometimes you can grow so rapidly that you actually outrun your operations. Like all the startups. Yeah. That's why they have to get all this VC money. Right? And now, now you can go public and be losing billions of dollars a year, apparently. So the rules don't apply. It doesn't apply at all. <laughs> well, isn't, I mean, that was, we, we've talked about this on the podcast. We work, right? Yeah. I guess their we work. expenses is greater their than their operating income. expenses are double their revenue. And they're going to try and go public. Although there was just a story, Rachel Fish sent over a story about how they're going to have to like cut their valuation in half, maybe. That's going to really oh. screw up their IPO. But, but yeah, how, how, how is, from a cash perspective, how does that cash flow long-term work? Like, how is this possible if their operating expenses are 2x their income? Like, how, how do you make that cash flow work? Like, what would you do for WeWork to solve that problem? All right, so with, with WeWork, I mean, basically what it's doing is that it's okay to run in what's called a negative working capital cycle, right? Which means you actually have your current liabilities are higher than your current assets, right? And that's basically what they're doing. But they're also in a growth mode. There's going to be a point in time when it flips, right? That's, that's how all these tech startups in this room do, is that they're going to go expenses out top end. And when the subscription-based models start to flip, they're starting to, you know, their R&D costs are coming down. They're back into maintenance or mainly just adding a few features. But 
the, the actual subscription model flips. And it only works in high growth, uh, rapid growth type uh, organizations. That's when, your, that's when your WeWork rent doubles. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Hey, but those places are full. Yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely full, and they yeah. just keep adding them. There's demand. So if people um, want to get a hold of you, Mike, and they like they want to learn more about cash flow, uh, locate you. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm on the internet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my company's name is Elevate Financial Training, uh, so it kind of says what I do. And, you know, we have a, a product called Clear Path to Cash. So any of those words, if you Google those, uh, you know, ElevateFinancialTraining.com or ClearPathToCash.com or CashflowMike.com. All right. <laughs> anyway, you can get a hold of me. Just cash. We'll just cash. Hey, you. just cash me. <laughs> As always, I am Blake T. Oliver on Twitter. And, and you, David? I'm at David Leary. Thanks for talking to us about cash, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. I thanks, really Mike. appreciate this. This is a good time. Thanks. <laughs>